Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abbafe, on VSIN, the sports betting network. It's a great day to be alive, and it's a great day to be a better. Welcome inside the VEASAN studios here at the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. This is the Lombardi Line, hanging out with you guys on the DraftKings Network. Femi Abebefe out here in downtown Las Vegas. Michael Lombardi in the great state of New Jersey. Michael, we saw already a Power 5 conference title game last night. Washington, Oregon, hell of a game that we saw here in Las Vegas. Yeah, really great game. I, I, I mean, I was shocked by Oregon's inability. I thought, you know, being a 10, 9.5, 10-point favorite and the way they had played towards the end of the year. And then there was a lot of talk and speculation that Michael Penix perhaps was playing with bad ribs. And yet you got to give Caden DeBoard and the Washington Huskies all the credit. My grandson, Dominic, he called it. He, he was at the game, Femi. He was calling it. He knew go. it. <laughs> he was a Husky fan. He was hey, a Husky fan. Tell him welcome. You know, so we've got we've got three in now. You know what bothered me when I when I after at the end of this game when I clicked it off. Somehow, some way, is Ohio State and Ryan Day going to get in this final? <laughs> like, don't tell me that. Like, don't make me mad today. Are you telling me they're going to get in? I don't think they will. I mean, I think there's a series of events that could happen to where they might be able to get in. I just don't think those events are going to happen. So I, I, I what, you don't think Florida State could lose? No, I, I think they I think they need like Florida State to lose and Texas to lose to where like, yeah, I guess it's a college football game. Anything can happen. But to get both of those things to work in your favor, I mean, you're, you're trying to hit a parlay if you're Ohio State here. Yeah, but I've, they've done it before. They sat on the <laughs> sidelines and watched. You know, they've been in the living room, had a nice cozy fire in Columbus, and they've watched it, you know. <laughs> and look, last year they deserved to get in. I mean, last year they played really well. They probably played Ohio, They played Georgia better than any team in the country did. But yeah. other than Alabama in the in – the, in, in, uh, yeah, actually anybody. I'm thinking two years ago. But to me, I, I just don't know how you cannot play and get in. Like, it, I think it's unfair for these teams that play – and then they lose a game, like Florida State. If they lose today, it's one loss, and then they're going to get out. And if they were like Ohio State, they wouldn't have to play. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it does feel like it's a little bit – it doesn't really sit right with people. That that happened last year with Ohio State being able to get in without having to play. And this isn't the first time. Ohio State's played – it's multiple years that they haven't had to play conference title weekend and they've gotten to the playoff. But uh, we, we will set the table and talk those scenarios a little bit later. But let's talk about who we have coming up on the show. 15 minutes from now, our buddy Tim Murray, host of VEASAN Primetime and the VEASAN College Football Betting Podcast, will join us. He has a play in the SEC title game on the total. We'll get Tim's thoughts on that here in the next segment then 30 minutes from now our very own stormy Tony here on the lombardi line vison host also college football sideline reporter for espn she'll be doing the sunbelt game between app state and troy stormy will be joining us 30 minutes from now to react to what we saw last night and also to preview what we'll see coming up later on today then in the second hour 11 15 eastern 8 15 pacific brian baldinger nfl network analyst former offensive lineman in the league will talk all things football with brian baldinger and then at 11 30 our buddy matt humans will join us in studio here 
host of VEASAN tonight and the VEASAN College Football Betting Podcast there. But uh, you mentioned it, that the playoff scenarios are going to be abound. Like we'll have to see what happens in the Big 12 title, the SEC, the Big 10. Obviously, that one, I think a lot of people believe you can go ahead and put Michigan into that uh, as they're taking on Iowa. But the ACC is the pivot point. But let's recap to what we saw last night. Washington wins it 34-31. I thought the biggest surprise to me last night, Michael, was inside the trenches. And they talked about it on the broadcast. Like Washington, as a fan watching the team, I always felt I was like, I don't know if we're physical enough to win against the big boys. I get that they'd beat Oregon earlier this season, but you can make an argument that Oregon actually outplayed them in that game. Last night was a whole different story. I had not seen that yeah. Husky team at all this season. Yeah, no question. They played really well. I mean, they made mistakes, but they bounced back from them, you know, and I thought they they did. I thought they controlled the pace of the game. You know, they, they had 26 first downs in the game. Morgan only had 17. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, when you look at it, they did a great job of, of being able to – they ran the ball 37 times in that game. You talk about rushes and completions. I mean, Oregon only had 41 in that turret in that area, whereas Washington was dominant. I mean, Washington was so good. They had they had 66. Think about that. 66 to 41 in rushes and completion. Wow. That means your execution was just uniquely better. It really was. And give them credit. I mean, they got off the field on third down, which was critical, right? And they chose the best time of the season to play their best game. I was with you. I didn't think it was in Washington, especially considering, you know, that they were struggling down the stretch. They had a hard time beating, you know, Oregon State. You know, it, it wasn't like a pretty finish to their season, but yet, you know, I think they did a hell of a job. I really do. I mean, yeah, you could argue that over the last five to six weeks, like Washington was playing not like a top 10 team. I mean, they struggled against Stanford. They struggled in the Apple Cup last week. I mean, the USC game, that was just a shootout, kind of last team with the ball wins. But like the Huskies, it felt like they were kind of limping to the finish line. And maybe they just had their best performance saved for last. Or like, hey, like, let's just get to the Pac-12 title game and beat this Oregon team. And it was funny because the betting market, obviously, this game closed 10. Like Oregon was right. a 10 point favorite in the game total at 64 and a half there that goes over the total. But the point spread was what everybody was so fixated on last night watching the game. They're like, how were the Huskies 10 point dogs? How are they 10 point dogs? I was like, well, if you if you watch the last five to six weeks, I mean, you would kind of reach that conclusion to where they should be 10 yeah. point dogs. Like, like this wasn't just like a made up number out of nowhere. Like this was based on the data points that we'd seen. But any given Saturday or any given Friday and Washington puts their best performance together. And now they win the Pac-12 13 and 0, the first team in the Pac-12 to go undefeated since 2010. Yeah, and I mean, look, they deserved it. I mean, it wasn't like a fluke. Like, I think if you watch the game like I did and you see it, I think you could easily say that if they played 10 times, Washington could win five. I mean, the first time Mm -hmm. they played, I I thought when I watched that game, if they played this 10 times, Oregon would win eight, right? But that ended up being different. There was no question that was different last night. They played... They saved their best for last. And, you know, credit to them. And Dan Lanning's on inability to really – they couldn't control the game. I mean, they could not get control of the game because why? Washington had control of the game from the first whistle. They had the lead and they had control. So hats off to them. They deserve to get in it. But let's go back to what we originally started the show with. I mean, who's the sixth team here now? Mm. It's, it's Ohio State. Yeah. They're six. They're ahead of Texas. So if Florida State loses, that means four and five would have lost. Doesn't that mean six moves up? It certainly feels like the committee has kind of positioned them that way. But we all know that the committee, they can kind of just every ranking. It's not just like what was happened in the last week. It's sort of like a refresh ranking is what they say, at least to where I think a conference title for either Alabama or Texas, I think would move them ahead of Ohio State, despite Ohio State being ahead of them right now. That 13th data point in a conference title, if Texas were to win or if Alabama knocks off Georgia, I think that would actually give them over Ohio State. The problem is that if if both Georgia lose and Texas, Texas lose and all that stuff and Florida State loses, then I think there's one Ohio State potentially gets in. But you'd still, you, I mean, you, you have to hit a three-leg parlay. Why would they saying. rank them six? Why would they rank them sixth if you're Ryan Day? Why, why are we sixth if you're going to put, te- if you're putting Texas ahead of us? I mean, that's a, that's the same question that TCU could ask the first year we did this is, hey, why are we number three? And all of a sudden we're out outside looking in after we didn't lose because like they haven't won the conference title yet is what the committee will tell you. They make this stuff up on the fly, Michael. Like, it, oh, I <laughs> that, got that. Yeah, yeah. yeah none I, of it I mean, makes yeah, sense. I, I, I understand that. I just look, I, I think to me, the case could be really made an argument. If, if Alabama wins today, 
They are one of the best four teams in the country. If Whether they put them in or not, it's ridiculous because of what Alabama's schedule is, how they played the whole season. You know, you're going to stub your toe if they play Texas again. In my opinion, they would beat Texas, especially the way Mil- Milrow's playing currently. You know, I think there's no question. Although, you know, you lose to Oklahoma and it's okay. You lose to Texas and you're, you're, po- you're, you're punished for it. I, I don't understand that logic either. But wouldn't you argue that head-to-head has to mean something as well? If, you, if the debate ends up coming September, down to it. It's like I was telling Elliot before the show, he's complaining about Purdue losing to, <laughs> to Northwestern, Northwestern. In basketball. <laughs> and I'm like, look, does, it doesn't matter what happens in November or early Dece- or December in college hoops. The teams are completely different in February. They're completely different in March. Like you can't, to me, a September loss – is different than losing like Oregon did yesterday. Mm-hmm. That That's different, right? To me, it's different than Ohio State losing to Michigan. They built their whole season up for that game, and then they lose it. That's a punishment that that's, keeps you from getting to the Final Four. You lose a game in September because of situation, the, the team's not quite ready. It's a completely different game, I think. In my opinion, I think so. So we'll see. I mean, look, look at Arizona. The, you know, Arizona loses to Washington by seven. They lose to Southern Cal by in overtime. Do you think if they played Washington or Southern Cal, it wouldn't be a better game now than it was then? Of course it would be. Would they lose? I think they would beat USC. I think Washington would give them problems again. But the point is you're a better team. When they lost to Mississippi State in week two, they weren't as good a team as they are today. They lost that game in overtime. Yeah. I mean, Arizona gave Washington problems back then. So, I mean, that would be a really good game. Hell, in the traditional Pac-12 format, that would have been the conference title game last night, but they went to the one versus two, the top two in the standings. I just, like, I think if it comes down to Bama and Texas, now this is also assuming Florida State wins. And that, if you look at that point spread, that's a literal coin flip is where we're headed at. Who knows who's starting uh, at quarterback for the, sem- for the Seminoles there. Yeah. But I think if it comes down to Bama and Texas, because these teams are so close, and I don't think one is definitively better than the other one, I think you kind of have to lean on head-to-head. That would be my opinion, just because going into Tuscaloosa is no easy feat. I get that Bama's a new team than what they were in September, and like they figured some things out there with Milrow and all that stuff, but you still got to get some credit for going in there and winning that game. Like that's, I, I would have a hard time I if I was credit Texas. For that. But, but, the, but, I mean, I give them credit for that. And, yeah, you know, but look, Kansas State had a chance. I mean, they missed the extra point. Yeah. I mean, you know, what's that? Doesn't count? (laughs) Okay, you're going to say to me, well, Auburn, you know, they threw the ball in the end zone for a touchdown to beat Auburn. Okay, I get that. You know, now we're going back and forth, which then says, okay, Ohio State raises their hand and says, well, we're available. We didn't play a game. We're ready to go. (laughs) Ohio State's going to be like, let's just leave Bama and Texas both out and not have the argument, and we'll take their spot. (laughs) You're nervous about the Buckeyes getting (laughs) in. Oh, they're in. They're going to get in. I'm going to just tell you right now. It's going to make me so angry. Here comes and Ryan I'm not an Ohio State hater. Hey. I'm not. It's just, to me, it's unfair. Ohio versus everybody, according to Ryan Day. Tim Murray joins us next. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so... 
there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abebefe, on VSEN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for a betting edge this college bowl season, the VEASAN experts have you covered. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber with an introductory offer for only $9.99. VEASAN Pro subscribers get access to our daily recap of the top plays made by VEASAN show hosts and guests. Tools like our betting splits that you see where the money and bets are moving for every game. And our college bowl betting guide where you get picks for every bowl game. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Visit VEASAN.com slash subscribe today to sign up for only $9.99 and become a part of the sports betting network. That's V-S-I-N slash subscribe. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi Line on the DraftKings Network. Michael Lombardi out in New Jersey. Femi Abebefe hanging out here in downtown Las Vegas. Joining us now, our buddy who's joined us all college football season, the one and only Tim Murray, host of VEASAN Primetime, which you can check out Monday through Friday, 6 to 9 Eastern time, as well as the VEASAN College Football Betting Podcast. Tim, good morning. Uh, not as good of a morning if uh, Bo Nix had played better last night, but uh, let's get into the college football yeah, scenario. You, you didn't mention that. That, that kind of well, slid under the I thing. Was, I, I didn't I was, hear any Bo Nix well, Heisman I, I conversation. Was, I, was, I was waiting for our fellow card-carrying member of the Bodacious Heisman campaign Saint, to join the show as well. St. Jude's has been calling. You won't answer their call. It's okay. We, <laughs> we know how you work. Well, if, if we had won the money, maybe I'd have donated to St. Jude's. They should have been rooting for Bo Nix as well. <laughs> but hey, nonetheless, here we are. Uh, let's talk some CFP scenarios, Tim. Michael is convinced that Ohio State's going to find a way to backdoor this thing and get into the playoff. Is that something that you could see happening by the time we get to Sunday morning? I think we would really need carnage. Um, I think we would need either Oklahoma State or uh, Iowa to pull off an outright upset today. Um, I think if if chalk holds or even if there's, you know, a couple small upsets, if, if Alabama beats Georgia, I think Alabama would certainly be in a position to jump six rank Ohio State. Um, I think Texas with a win today probably jumps Ohio State just because of what we've heard so long uh, with the committee where while conference championships isn't the be all end all, they always like to use the uh, the extra data point. They like to use conference championships as a tiebreaker. So I don't think it's impossible for Ohio State to get in there, uh, certainly with a couple nice wins on the road at Notre Dame uh, and uh, and beating Penn State. But I think they think they need some uh, they need one of the bigger upsets to happen. They're cheering for absolute carnage. They're cheering for Oklahoma State. Probably uh, that would be the that would be the biggest one for them because if Iowa beat uh, Michigan, I don't know what they would do because obviously those those two teams just played last week and and Michigan was able to get the win. Yeah. So my thinking is why are and you kind of clarified clarified that with your answer. Um, why is Ohio State six if yeah. and the two and four and five lose? Or five and six lose, excuse me, and and the, excuse me, if four and five lose, why are they six? And you're saying they're going to get jumped if Texas beats Oklahoma State? Yeah, I think Texas, Michael, would jump them. Um, you know, they, I think, you know, they, they they've done this in the past where they they've been vague and they do this. Uh, you know, on purpose where they can kind of work themselves into a, into a spot where they can defend their choice. Um, but I, I just I really think because of 
the importance that they've shown over the years. And now look, Ohio State has benefited in years past from not winning a conference championship, uh, but normally that's versus a two-loss conference champion, and Texas would be a one-loss conference champion. So look, if Florida State loses today, uh, that opens the door for a lot of teams. I mean, the biggest Florida State fans in the country are Texas. I mean, obviously they got to go out and do what they got to do and win their game uh, here in a couple hours in Jerry's world, but Texas is going to be, and I'm convinced of this, guys, even though I disagree with it. I think Texas is going to be left out of Florida State wins, uh, even if it's the ugliest game in the world. And I've heard all the arguments and I agree with most of them. But even if it's three to two, it would be unprecedented for a power five champion uh, and an undefeated power five champion to be left out. Even if I think the three of us disagree and, and the majority of our listeners disagree, I would be very surprised if Florida State is left out at 13 and 0. We'll see. Uh, but I think. If let's just say Georgia wins, uh, we know Washington's in, we say Michigan wins and Florida State loses. And there's a decision, Michael, to your point about is it going to be Ohio State at 11 and one or a 12 and one Texas with a head to head win over Alabama in a conference championship. And Oklahoma State is ranked at number 18. I think you see Oklahoma or excuse me, Texas jump over Ohio State and get in at, at that number four spot. Yeah, a lot of scenarios that have to unfold uh, over the course of the day here. We'll find out what happens in the Big 12 title game, Tim. But let's get to the SEC title game. Yep. Georgia against Alabama. You have a play on that one. The Bulldogs, four and a half point favorites, a consensus number, total sitting at 54 and a half. You're looking to the total here. Yeah, I mean, and look, this total's been moving today. Uh, where you guys sit at Circa, it's 55, though, juice to the under. Uh, 54 and a half at DraftKings. I just saw 54s kind of get scooped up uh, at some shops, but there's a 54 out there right now. Uh, I, I do like the over a little bit here. Uh, historically, this is an overplayed game. Um, obviously, both of these defenses are, are pretty strong, but I look at the last two years where Georgia guys uh, had elite defenses, and they were able to put up some big points uh, and get points put up on them uh, last year LSU put up 30 on on Georgia and Georgia responded by putting up 50 uh, two years ago was the uh, similar circumstance where Alabama was the underdog against an undefeated Georgia and that final was 41 to 24 with Bryce Young and Jamison Williams getting the uh, the big victory to get them into the playoff in 2021 so uh, I do think this game uh, is, is is more of an over game I do wonder and I, I heard this point brought up and it's it's a fair one um, you know if, if you're going to be watching this game sitting on your couch and and, and able to live bet uh, this could be an interesting one to uh, to keep an eye on how this game starts if it is to a sluggish start do you look to bet the over in game so uh, obviously that's not something we can predict right now so uh, I would uh, if if anything when you look at all the options in this particular game I would go over on the uh, on the total and and one if you want to get into the prop market and the prop market guys is going to be more robust because we have fewer games and more high profile games I do think Jalen Milrow, uh, depending on what his number is on uh, on the rushing prop, I think you can see Alabama's quarterback using his legs a decent amount uh, here this afternoon in Atlanta. How, how about UNLV? Great season. Yeah. Barry Odom's done a tremendous job. Boise's going through a coaching change. I think they don't want to make an announcement until after the game. They've lost some candidates because of it. Uh, you like Boise on the money line today? Yeah, I do. I mean, this is this uh, to your point. I mean, Barry Odom, how about the week for Barry Odom, by the way, uh, his teams go into the Mountain West Championship. He's Mountain West coach of the year and his son committed to play for him at UNLV. He's a quarterback here in Las Vegas. Uh, we'll see if uh, Barry Odom sticks around all those years, uh, because I know there's definitely going to be some interest for him because he did a, uh, like you said, an incredible job this year. Um, I, I do. Th I do lean here, Boise, a little bit. Um, I took the money line like you alluded to uh, in this spot. There are two and a half point favorite. Uh, anything under three would be uh, an interesting look for me. Look, UNLV, 10 and 2 ATS, best cover team in the country this year. And Boise, as you alluded to, Michael, two, uh, three weeks ago, uh, decided to part ways with Andy Avalos. And and you saw quite the bump from this Boise team uh, when they went to uh, the interim uh, Danielson uh, and uh, and Avalos was gone. So uh, this is a team in Boise that the, the two running backs and Ashton Genty and George Helani, uh, they've been a little bit banged up this year. They're finally, finally healthy uh, and they can run the ball incredibly well. Ran for over 350 yards against Utah State. And then you look the last week, guys, and what was San Jose State able to do? They were pretty balanced against UNLV, but they were able to run for 
233 yards and Kyrie Robinson ran for a buck 65. So uh, I do think this is a competitive game, obviously, with the point spread being what it is. But I think Boise State is able to eke it out. And I'll say this. You know, where Femi sits, there was a whole lot of people uh, yesterday. They're cheering on the Boise Broncos and uh, and getting ready for this game. I do not expect this to really be a home field advantage for UNLV. I expect it to be 50-50 between Bronco and Rebel fans uh, this afternoon at Allegiant. Yeah, that's a fan base that travels really well, especially out here to Las Vegas, uh, an awesome destination. Uh, Let's get to the action, Tim. We got about 90 seconds left. Miami and Toledo. Right now, the Rockets, seven-point favorites. Yeah, I mean, it's it's unfortunate that Miami's in a situation that uh, a handful of teams have dealt with, right? SMU's without their starting quarterback, Florida State's without their starting quarterback, and Miami's had to live without their starting quarterback uh, since the middle of October, Brett Gabbert, the uh, younger brother of Blaine Gabbert. And because of that, you know, Chuck Martin, their head coach, has had to figure out different ways to win. And then they've, they've done so. Uh, he got hurt in the Toledo game, a game they lost 21 to 17. So this Miami off, excuse me, Miami defense guys is the real deal. Um, you know, you look at all the metrics and, and they're top 25 and a lot of those metrics and Toledo, while they have some, you know, really good athletes, Daquan Finn being their quarterback, Penny Boone is rushed for over 1300 yards. I think Miami's going to want to slow this thing down and play to their strengths. And then on the flip side, Toledo's got a strong defense too. So I'm curious how successful Miami will be. So there's still a 44 out there in the market. Go hunting, try to find, grab that 44. I think this is a, is an under game. I would lean a little bit towards the dog. If you can get the seven and a hook, Uh, But more so for me, guys, a play on the total. I think this is a lower scoring championship game today, starting in uh, about an hour and a half. I'm going to go under Miami and Toledo. All right, Tim, we got about 30 seconds left. Once the dust settles, who do you think when we wake up tomorrow morning will be the four teams in the CFP? I think it'll be a little chalky. I do think uh, Louisville could pull the upset, and I'll say they will. Uh, So I'll say it's one Georgia, two Michigan, three Washington, and then I think Texas gets in at number four uh, as they beat Oklahoma State today and uh, maybe need some style points. There's something to keep an eye on there. Mm -hmm. Maybe you look at a team total if you're looking to get involved in the Big 12. All right. He is Tim Murray, host of VEASAN Primetime and the VEASAN College Ball Betting Podcast. Thanks, Tim. Good luck with the bet. Stormy joins us next here on the Lombardi Line. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abebefe on VSEN, the sports betting network. Juice Reel is a free betting intelligence app and a tool that every better needs. What it's going to do for you? Well, it's going to link your betting accounts into one app and deliver in-depth analytics on your betting history. Find out for yourself. Download Juice Reel. Juice like orange juice and real R-E-E-L. Download the free app in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. It's free. Juice Reel. Juice R-E-E-L. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi line on the DraftKings Network. Femi Abebefe, Michael Lombardi here on Conference Championship Saturday. And joining us now, you see her every Sunday through Thursday here on the Lombardi line. And you will see her patrolling the sidelines of the Sunbelt Conference title game between App State and Troy, the one and only Stormy Bonantoni. Joining us now here on the Lombardi line. Stormy, we appreciate you waking up with us before your game duties later on this afternoon. Uh, Before we get into today's madness with all the scenarios, what were your takeaways from last night's Pac-12 title game that saw Washington defeat Oregon 34-31? Pac-12's going out with a bang, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, good for Washington. And I'm, I'm a huge Kalen DeBoer fan, and the coaching job that he's done the last two years with that program has been awesome. And watching that game, I think all of us, especially in the first half when they end up having that 17-point lead, are like, okay, this is a Huskies team that's playing angry like they did not like being a 10-point underdog to a team they already beat this season. Of course, Oregon goes on to make it a game. I feel like it's very fitting that this was a, a three-point type of a game. Um, Bo Nix, you feel for him, and I feel for you and your Heisman <laughs> ticket. That that bad interception with the kid out of bounds stepping back in—that was a, a kind of a brutal, brutal one in that spot. But I feel like watching Washington, like maybe this is just a team that plays to the level of their competition, right? When they're playing a little bit of a lesser than opponent, they 
get away with the win, but play to it. And when a lot is on the line and they're playing a really good team, they show their best. It's clear that they're getting healthy. Michael Penix was great. Dylan Johnson stole the show. Uh, fun game for sure. And, and like I said, you, you hate that the Pac-12 is done and that that was the last Pac-12 game we're going to see with these teams being conference opponents. But what a way to go out. Yeah, it was a great game, Stormy. And we haven't heard much about the Bo Nix Heisman ticket here today, but we'll get to that we'll get, later. We'll get to it. <laughs> do you have any t- – uh, and the, the queen of teasers, uh, what teaser in college football do you have today? Are you taking Alabama, teasing them up, Georgia teasing them down, Oklahoma State, Texas? Do you have anything cooked? So no college football teasers. I, I do have one in the NFL, and I'm just – you know I'm going to get hurt again but when anytime I <laughs> bet on or against the Washington Commanders they crush my soul but I do have a six and a half point teaser bringing the Dolphins down to a field goal against the Commanders and the Steelers just to beat Arizona uh, I didn't do one in any of the college football games this weekend but you already know Washington's going to wreck my soul I don't know why <laughs> no, I put I myself think- out there like this <laughs> I think you're okay there. The weather, I think, is going to help you here. It's rainy. It's it's not cold. But, you know, when it's raining and it's not perfect and that field's sloppy in Washington, it certainly could slow down this this deep, this Washington, this Miami offensive attack. How about today? Do you have a favorite at all? Do you lean any way in the Georgia-Alabama game? You know, um, this game I've gone back and forth on. I feel like no result would really surprise me. It's it's hard not to want to look at Alabama and take them as an underdog. But um, I think that's why this game has been bet down the way that it has from the six and a half to now four and a half. But then you're also saying, wait, I can get Georgia under a touchdown against anybody. Sign me up. So um, I my gut kind of tells me that if Carson Beck is on then it's going to be a, a, a easy win for Georgia. And I use the word easy tentatively, right? But um, I think that if Carson Beck is having a good day and he's dialed, then Georgia's going to score a ton of points. I kind of lean over in the game as well. And I know the the total has gone up a tick in this spot. A lot of the trends that I was looking at, though, really back Alabama side. And I know that this Alabama team is not the same as years past, but it's also hard to ignore 12, um, sorry, Saban 10 and 1 in SEC championship games, won 16 straight in the city of Atlanta. I saw SEC Network's Peter Burns put that one out there. Um, And then just in terms of the game itself, 11 of the last 12 SEC title games have been won by the favorite with Alabama's upset of Georgia as a six-point dog in 2021, um, the last upset in that span, which coincidentally is the last time Georgia lost a game, period. But it's also the fourth meeting of Alabama-Georgia in an SEC title game. The favorite hasn't covered in any of those previous three three and all three went over the total. So there there's a number of like trends in this game that I think favor Alabama being able to cover in this spot. I, my gut just tells me it's a Georgia day, which I'm sure the CFP selection committee would certainly prefer as well to make it a little easier on them. It's, it's been easy for a decade for these guys. we got to make them sweat. Coming up later on today out there in Grapevine, we're speaking with Stormy Bond and Tony Vieson, host also college football sideline reporter for ESPN. She'll be doing the Sun Belt game between App State and Troy. Well, Stormy, you kind of mentioned it when you were talking about your analysis of Oregon and Washington, about Washington was like, hey, like nobody believes in us. We're a 10-point dog. I mean, their linebacker, Eddie Ulafoscio, said, take those 10 points to the grave. Could you see a similar scenario in the ACC title game with Louisville and Florida State to where nobody wants Florida state to win other than people who went to the school or who know those kids personally i think everybody says hey we don't want a third string quarterback to be in the cfp do you think the seminoles use that as motivation here and what is a coin flip game according to the market against louisville they can use it as motivation all they want i don't know if it'll work i mean this is (laughs) This is a pick em type of a game for a reason. Um, they're, what is it, one and a half now, I want to say, that Florida State's favored by. So it really is like anybody's game, I feel like. We're not even sure who's going to be in at quarterback. Is it Tate Rodemaker? Is it going to be the freshman third string single caller? Um, game time decision from everything that, that I've seen reported. And I just, I don't know. I understand the comp of like the Ohio state first year of the college football playoff with Cardell Jones and he dominated and they go on to win the national championship. But I think it's very clear that Florida state is a different team without Jordan Travis, Boo Corrigan, the college football playoff selection committee chair even said that. And I know it seems like a, a 
unfathomable thing that a 13 and 0 undefeated power five team would miss the college football playoff. But I just like, I don't know. I, I, nobody wants them in. I don't think that without Jordan Travis, they are good enough to be in. Like I must've missed the memo where the ACC was a gauntlet this year. Like Clemson <laughs> lost four games. Uh, LSU yeah. even who they, who so much is hung on that hat of that first game of the season like they were a three loss team too they beat duke yes when they were ranked number 16 in the country but they lost riley leonard midway through that game so florida states i just don't see them their schedule being one i know you can only play the schedule that's in front of you that's why we saw cincinnati get into the cfp a couple years ago right they dominated with the schedule that they had but this is a different team without jordan travis their schedule hasn't really done it for me and i if we're talking about the four best teams in the college football playoffs Florida State's not one of them for me. I'm, I can already hear the Twitter, Twitter people clanking on their keyboards to yell at me, but that's how I feel. <laughs> okay. We've all been yelled at before. So how about, you know, how about Troy? You're in Troy, Alabama to watch the, to cover the Troy Appalachian State playoff game. Troy gets destroyed by Kansas State, 42-13. They lose a close one to James Madison. And then they just go on this incredible win streak. People don't realize how good their defense is, Stormy, in terms of where they rank in the nation defensively. They have the 12th best ranked total defense in the country. So how do you see this game playing out today? Yeah, they're awesome. And the, the top ranked defense by far in the Sun Belt as a conference and they have home field. They're defending champions. And you mentioned that one and two start to the season for them. They, like a lot of teams in college football, had a lot of turnover this offseason and they brought in 60 players to their team. And I think those first few weeks of the season, they had to work out a lot of the kinks and figure out their identity, figure out who they were, if they were going to be a gritty team, if they were going to be a team that plays for each other. And they ended up becoming that team and have reeled off nine straight wins since their quarterback, Gunnar Watson, who their coach even said for a number of years in his career, he was a college guy partying that also played football. Now he's a football player that also happens to be in college and his mindset is is completely shifted. So offensively and defensively, I feel like they're really complete. They have the offensive player of the year in Kamani Vidal. Um, but some people have been taking the points with this app state team because they too have kind of put things together. They had a really slow start to the season three and four to open up the year. Everybody was calling for Sean Clark's job and now they've reeled off five straight wins. They're the only team in the conference that beat James Madison. And it was a couple weeks ago when college game day came to town at JMU, it was a huge deal where JMU couldn't handle the pressure and app state did. And they're led by a quarterback in Joey Aguilar, who was, is not the starter at the beginning of the season, but has really taken off. I am super excited for this game. It's head to head with the SEC championship game. So please have a second screen up for me. Give us some support, but uh -huh. uh, it's going to be a fun one. And hopefully it doesn't rain on me too much. My app says that it's raining right now and it's not. So fingers <laughs> crossed. Yeah, get a new app. Stormy, get a new app. Yeah. <laughs> Get a new app. Yeah, yeah, might have to do that. Yeah, one wrong, all wrong, Stormy. It's like Parcel says, one wrong, all wrong. You got to get another app. Yep. Uh, Stormy, before we let you go, Niners, Eagles, everyone loves your Niners this oh. week. Does that make you nervous? Of course it makes me nervous. Gosh. <laughs> but that said, I have confidence in my team. I think they get it done. I hate that it's a three. Liked it better at two and a half. But go Niners, baby. Uh, go Niners, baby. Indeed. As a Cowboys fan, I'm saying Good that job, as well. Good job, Stormy. Thank you. Safe travels. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Awesome yeah. stuff there from Stormy. Check her out on the sidelines, App State and Troy. We'll be back after this. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. 
Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Timmy Abbafe on VSEN, the sports betting network. In the NBA, the game can change in an instant, but no matter how the action unfolds, you know DraftKings Sportsbook has your back. This week, new customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets just for betting five bucks on basketball. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VSEN. The crown is yours. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi line on the DraftKings Network. Michael Lombardi, Femi Abebefe. I'm hanging out here in downtown Las Vegas. Thank you to Stormy Bonatoni, who joined us in the last segment. You can check her out usually Sunday through Thursday here on the Lombardi line. And she will be on the sidelines of Troy and App State in the Sunbelt Conference title game that kicks off 4 o'clock Eastern, 1 o'clock Pacific here on Conference Championship Saturday. But Michael, before we continue with uh, some NFL action here, um, I know we have to go ahead and, and give the proper eulogy to the Bo Nix Heisman ticket after the Oregon Ducks <laughs> lost last night 34-31 to Washington. It had a hell of a run. You know, it was quite the ride. September 19th, we placed great the popularity. bet. popularity. But, yep. uh, you yep. know, just, just couldn't quite get there as uh, the Oregon Ducks suffered their second loss, which likely takes Bo Nix out of the running. Probably will get an invite to New York, but uh, it's highly unlikely that he wins the award. Did you think he looked like a first-round talent to you last night? No, I've never thought he's looked like that, no. Well, I mean, I see a lot of people do. I mean, I just didn't see it last night. Now, maybe he's better. I, I don't know. You know, I thought he was a really good player in college, and we'll see. I mean, I need to evaluate him further as it goes forward. But, you know, to me, Jaden Daniels is exactly what the Heisman represents. I've said this all along. I mean, he's he's outclassed every prior Heisman winner by a lot. It's not his fault that they stink on defense. Michael Penix, I was impressed with him last night. I got a text from a bunch of people yesterday about he was perhaps hurt, his ribs were bothering him, maybe he you know, even had broken ribs or whatever. It showed no signs of that. I think they were inaccurate in terms of what people said, and they he played really well. I worry about Penix in terms of the next step because I think he's a down-the-field, non-rhythm thrower, and sometimes those guys struggle if they're not in the right system. Yeah, no, Penix was awesome last night there, and some people started giving him some Heisman buzz. I mean, Daniels is probably going to win the award. I don't know if it's as much of a lock as minus 12,000, uh, which is the number over at DraftKings. I would probably price it like minus 400, minus 500, like a 80, 85% chance, not like a 95% chance to win it based on the conversation last night. But well, who uh, would you give it to then? Who would you, since you're, since you're saying, who would you give it to? If I had a vote, which I mean, I, don't. I know you have a ticket. I know you have a ticket on both. Who would you give it to? I would, uh, I still think that we should reward winning. And I know that it's a team sport and I know that Daniels can't do anything to help the secondary or to provide a better pass rush. I'd give it to Penix, honestly, 13 and 0, like in the winning moments down the stretch, but despite the numbers not being the as Heisman gaudy. Isn't, it, I mean, it doesn't, it's the best college player. 
I mean, you're you're taking something and putting it into it. I I think. Look, you can't be the best college player and be on a one in ten team. Mm-hmm. So making your team better is inherent into the conversation of he's the best college player. And I think that's really what Daniels represents. He did everything in his power to help LSU win. He couldn't overcome a bad defense. The Missouri game was an example of him just willing his team to victory in spite of how poorly their defense played. So I I do think winning, you're right, I don't think winning championships necessarily is attached to this, right? I I just don't think that's fair because you don't control it. Yeah, I mean, I think Daniels is going to win it. Um, I think that's, I mean, his numbers are ridiculous. I mean, 5,000 all-purpose yards, like 1,000 rushing yards. I mean, what he did numerically is, is really remarkable. And like you said, it clears other Heisman Trophy winners from the past. So it was just a, it was a fun ride, though. And it was like, like I said, like we, we won a little bit of money on Daniels. It wasn't the jackpot that we would have won on Bo Nix. But when you make a bet, that's 31. Well, you got Daniels and, early, though. You yeah. got Daniels early, didn't yeah, you? We, yeah, we, we bet him before Ole Miss, which I thought he, I was done when he lost to Ole Miss. I was like, well, it looks like I wasted my money on that. But apparently uh, he said, I'm going to go on a rampage here the rest of the season and uh, put up some statistical numbers that are pretty good. So I think the process that we had in, in, in handicapping this market was pretty sound and uh, we made some money off of it, just not the jackpot that we were hoping for. So yeah, yeah no question. Yeah, that's what it is. But hey, Fun college football season, nonetheless, there. And uh, we'll wait to get that money next Saturday uh, when they announce the award. Let's get to the NFL, though, because interesting times in New England to where this week we got the reports that Bailey Zappi was taking the first team reps at quarterback here. It appears that's where we're headed tomorrow afternoon when the Patriots host the Los Angeles Chargers. Right now, the line is the Chargers five and a half point favorites, total thirty nine and a half there. Uh, Do you think that this is an offense that will be, I guess, given a spark with Bailey Zappi? Like, what should we expect to see here? Was Zappi now going to be QB1 for New England? Look, look, it can't get any worse, right? It just can't. I mean, the turnovers, the inability to just make easy throws, can't throw the ball down the field, throwing the ball into coverage. Zappi's done all those things as well. Remember, he got cut this summer because he was doing all those things. If Zappi would have had a decent summer, he would have been the starting quarterback opening day. I think this has been an ongoing problem, and it shines brightly on the Patriots' season. You can see it. As bad as Cam Newton played in terms of throwing the football, you know, Cam was able to win seven games for this team, surprisingly, and neither of these quarterbacks have been able to do it. I do think it will help the team's morale a little bit because you could just feel the, the, the lack of confidence in the quarterback. And then last week when he started complaining about routes and, you know, looking at the sidelines and all that, it's just not a good situation. So, you know, they've played really good defense. I do believe the Chargers will be without – if Keenan Allen plays, he won't be 100%. You know, Pippen, the right tackle, may not play in the game. This, this Patriot defense has played well. I could see this being a game where if the Patriots somehow, someway can get the lead, they, they have a chance to win the game. Because in the two games they've won this year, you know, they had the lead at the half, which was critical. Every other game they've played from behind, which has been the story of Mac Jones's career. When you go over it and you look at the games after the after this win game in Buffalo, if you look at his career after that, it's been a lot of games having to play from behind. When he can play from in front or the team plays from in front, they're much better. I want to ask you more about the betting side of this coming up on tomorrow's show when we give out more of our betting angles. But from a 10,000-foot view standpoint, we've asked this question before this season, and it hasn't been true, but I'm going to ask it again now. Like, Do you think that this is the end of Mac Jones in New England? Well, I I think it's the end of Mac Jones being a starting quarterback. I don't think anybody, whether you're a professional evaluator or whether you just grade tape, could could say that Mac Jones is a starting quarterback in the NFL. You just can't say that. Now, you might be able to blame a lot of people for a lot of different things, bad offense, no speed at receiver. You You can't absolve him from the critical mistakes with the football. Your team trusts the quarterback to make good decisions. And I thought coming out of college, and I'll be the first to admit I was completely wrong on Mac in the sense that I thought he would be a good decision maker, a good processor, and very accurate with the football. And those three things have not held true even in his good season. He's turned the ball over. Remember, his rookie year, he's 2.5% on interceptions. Okay, We all sit and say, well, maybe it's just because he's a rookie. Second year. 
2.5 on interception percentage. Well, that's Matt Patricia's fault. This year he's up to 3.5. Is it Bill O'Brien's fault or is it the kid's fault? At some point, he's got to stand and be accountable. And his play has not been very good. And, you know, one-year starter in college, six first-round picks all over the field, maybe we over-evaluate him. I know I did. Yeah, I know I did. And his first year was teasing and tempting because he did play well. He did get them to make the playoffs. But when you watch him down the stretch after the seven-game win streak, they have struggled ever since. So for anybody to sit there and tell you, if you put Mac Jones in San Francisco, he's going to be a starter, I would say they're not watching the tape at all. That's what's so strange about this whole deal is that, like, it wasn't just that he played well at Alabama with all those talented guys. Like, he played well as a rookie. And, like, I'll say this. I wasn't a big Mac Jones fan coming up, but, like, I was impressed with his rookie season. And I was like, hey, maybe the Patriots have something. And for this to kind of spiral out of control like it has, I mean, I don't know what's if he's forcing stuff or maybe he's just not seeing it. Maybe defenses are playing him differently than what they did his rookie season. Like, there's a lot of factors, I'm sure, at play here. But it's, it's very bizarre that, that this is what it's come to. Well, when you're when you're not overly athletic, which he's not, and you're not moving with your feet, which he can't really do, you've got to rely on decision making, timing, and accuracy. And those things have not been there. His decision making has been brutal. The decision to throw the ball in the giant game, which gave them the touchdown that they needed to re- essentially win the game, right? That changed field position. You know, the interception against the Colts, horrendous, yeah, right? That was brutal. I mean, there's just some of these some of these plays that are there that you're like, wait a minute. Now, he got away with them as a rookie. You know, there's one throw against, you know, you go back to the Indianapolis game in Indianapolis where they get behind 20 to nothing in that game. And you can see if you study that tape, you can see all the things we're seeing today. But back then when you watched it, you said to yourself, oh, wait a minute. That's he's just a rookie. He's going to get better. But now when you rewatch that tape, you say, wait a minute, he hasn't gotten any better. Yeah, maybe that's just who he is there. I, I think back to the week two Sunday night football game against Miami, like the when he just tried to throw up the 50-50 ball or whatever, and that got picked off in the red zone where it's like, man, that's an absolute killer. And those have been the decisions that have found himself now on the bench, and it'll be Bailey Zappi starting for the New England Patriots. We'll get to the Lombardi look ahead, breaking down these NFL games to start hour number two next. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.